You are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Vibe Selection podcast. Here's part two of the alien phenomenon with JJ Rose 777 and Eric Zagali. Yeah. And um, speaking on learning about new things, um, I know, JJ, you had sent me an article about uh, these giant viruses that were found in um, the Harvard forest. And um, these giant viruses were larger than most viruses. They both live in water and they also live in the soils and they're hairy. And they were saying that they're a little thicker and so forth. And so in this article, they were saying that, you know, we're learning that we don't know as much as we think we may know about life. And we're constantly learning a lot more about different species and that are living in our, you know, in our orbit here. And we're learning a lot more about how things work. And it's ever changing and nothing is really the same. And I think that that's kind of fascinating. And so JJ, can you give me your perspective on this article? Because I know you can break it down a little bit better than I can, because I know you sent it to me. So what is your kind of take on this? Without boring everybody of the science of it, because I do really enjoy science. And um, in essence, they were finding these giant, quote unquote, viruses that became almost like biological entities of this ecosystem and how it on its own was almost proving string theory. And there was a movie you might remember it. It's called Fern Gully. No, I don't remember. Okay, that never movie. mind. All right. <laughs> Long time ago. It's a cartoon movie. Don't let me discourage it. you from your thoughts. I though. remember it. <laughs> Thank there you, Eric. <laughs> that right. watership down. <laughs> yes. So um there was this movie Fern Gullion, which it it it's a cartoon, but it was talking about the rainforest. Um the movie Avatar is almost like a current day reproduction of Ferngully in talking about the rainforest and how the roots of the trees are all interconnected with the different plants and that those plants actually feel the insects and the animals and the rain and they actually move the rain and move the insects and the animals around so that the forest contains and remains and doesn't die. And so if something like that is happening on that grand of a scale with the rainforests, right? And we're just randomly tearing them down willy-nilly um, here and there because we want to make whatever it is um, or just clear space for more humans to build condos, um, whatever the reason may be. Think of a higher educated species okay they're looking at us thinking everything you guys do you just trash <laughs> so you we know do. do we necessarily want to come on down and 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 party with you guys no you guys have to meet us right right ah this is going to go into a whole life lesson but please go to into that we need that I need a life lesson. Want to hear me? I'm gonna get crazy. Yes. <laughs> okay, Miss Minister. Right. <laughs> so, 
when people act some kind of way that's inappropriate, not right. I feel um, like you're pointing the finger at me. I'm not. I'm just putting fingers in the no air. Judgment, JJ. <laughs> Put a name on it. No, I just <laughs> well, people act out of pocket. Okay. <laughs> There's two kinds of reactions. You can go down to their level or you can stay at your level and try to bring them up. Now, whether they want to meet you at your level or not is their business. Some people like to stay in the mud. They like to just keep their face and nose on the ground and that's where they want to stay. They don't want to level up. They don't want to grow. They don't want to get better. They want to stay there. That's fine. You don't get to take me down with it. I get to choose where I stay. And, you know, Michelle Obama saying, you know, when they go low, we go high. That in a nutshell. But energetically and spiritually speaking, think of these beings with advanced technology, they understand how the earth goes. They understand how we all work within this ecosystem. And they're looking at us and they're thinking we humans need to level up a bit so that we can even comprehend and understand them. Right. So imagine a, an atheist, a diehard atheist, right? doesn't give it much thought, just goes to work every day, um, lives their average life. Imagine that person having a conversation with someone like the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama is going to have to dumb it way down to get to the atheist's level, right? right. And, and have an understanding because there's a, a communication gap in between those two. And that has to be bridged a little bit so that they can even talk on the same level. So if you think of it in those terms, it makes a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Now, I know. Um, so in the briefing with David Grush, um, he discussed how there's been some violence that has taken place between the people in our government and the aliens. And um my question to you is, is it, it kind of correlates to, the, to what you just said. So is there this disconnect there where there's that, that violence that, that has been happening between the aliens and, you know, humans, is it due to us not listening to some of the, the um, enlightenment they're trying to give us and what they're trying to do in order to help us? Or is it, you know, the government's, need to constantly be in control and not wanting to adhere to anything like what why do we think there's why do we think there's been this violence between the aliens and the government i personally don't i think um, no disrespect but i think you may be pulling on some statements that were made that were not necessarily indicating that there was that there was violence between humans and the aliens as much as what David Grush was trying to indicate was violence and up into the word murder um, as far as people who were trying to expose the existence of. Um, I think I think that's primarily what you're referencing. And 
you know, other than the other than the Clintons, um, I don't think there's many people who have had that many people just accidentally uh, die. Uh, as like right. the people, as like the people uh, that have been in the UFO community for years. I mean, um, you can you can you can go back in um, pretty popular UFO culture history. And you can you can find names of people who were in the process in the 1980s who were in the process of um, trying to disclose uh, that the one gentleman I, I always forget his name, but it I've I've seen it so many times I should kick myself in the head for not remembering his name. Um, he was. Uh, he was taken down into a, a deep underground military base. Um, when he got down there, he uh, basically was witness to a um, some aliens that were in this base underground. Um, a firefight broke out. He was he was hurt very badly. Um, he went on basically on tours, you know, to conventions talking about, um, about this. And, you know, he, he was found to have committed suicide by hanging himself with his own catheter. Um, yeah, that, that, I mean, it doesn't make sense. You know, it's (laughs) so, yeah, there's always been a, a air of uh, cloak and dagger um, as far as people that are trying to come out with this stuff. Many times, if you were listening to the the, the testimonies, um, Grush himself felt that he was in in some sort of dire situation as far right. as him coming out and saying the things that he was saying. Conversely, when you you know, the gentleman that was sitting to the right of him, Commander Fravor, um, you know, he, he flew, uh, he flew his jet against one of these things. He mm-hmm. literally engaged it in operational air and was never told not to speak about it, was never held uh, in, you know, told that, you know, if you, if you talk about this, you're going to lose your career, everything. He was never, de- all he went through was a debrief. You know, so what's the difference? Was it timing? Uh, is it a, is it more having an understanding, a working understanding of what these things are and why they're there? You know, like Grush, I mean, he was working for a, um, an office that was dedicated to looking into these things, you know, so were they aware of more systematic type information than Commander Fravor? Commander Fravor was flying a plane, you know, he flew against one of these things and saw it operate outside the realms of anything that we have that can move that way. But does David Grush have operational awareness of what these things are, where they're from? And is that why he feels that he's been threatened for coming forward? You know, so, I mean, you can go back in history, you know, you go back to the Roswell incident and, you know, arguably at the time, what was it? 1940. I should know this 1947, uh, 46 Roswell, uh, Seven. 47. So 
just just come out of World War II, arguably the world power, the most powerful military in the world. We got some smart people working for us, right? You know, <laughs> you don't you don't win a world war with a bunch of uh, idiots. That's we, to be debated. No, they kidding. they release they release a <laughs> statement saying that they recovered a downed UFO in Roswell, New Mexico, on this farmer's ranch. Sure and then did. the and then the very next day, they release a picture with a bunch of tinfoil and a couple of pieces of balsa wood, and they say, <laughs> uh, "We were wrong. It was a balloon." <laughs> Yeah, was, is this a was, Chinese spy just, balloon? It was just a weather balloon. No, this was oh. back in 1947. Oh, excuse me. Okay. Um, you know, so <laughs> come on. The world power, the, the, the government that is looked upon as being America, the number one country in the world at the time, at the time. And they're going to make a mistake like that? I don't believe it. So, yeah, uh, the gentleman that was uh, that was found um, with the catheter wrapped around his neck in an apparent suicide, his name was Phil Schneider, and it was uh, the, uh, the Dulce base. Uh, you, you can YouTube it. You can find the, the shortened... Um, the for- shortened version of it. You can also find one that I believe runs just almost 90 minutes where he talks about this experience where he went down and there was, there were aliens that were working with humans down in this Dulce base and a firefight ensued and he lost two or three fingers and basically was laid open. The The side of his chest was laid open. He, he got, he got whatever that was that happened. He got messed up because it was, uh, there were times I'd seen him where he would actually unbutton his shirt and show the, um, the scars from, from what he experienced. So, wow, that's you know, it's, <laughs> it's been around a long time. It's been around a long time, you know, and there's some segment of the people that say, you know, it really started to ramp up when we split the atom. When we started to have nuclear capability, that's when it really started to ramp up. And, you know, I mean, look at our world right now. It's a dumpster fire. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. You know, I mean, every, everything from, you know, wars going on, we're, you know, we're inter we're sticking our nose in, in Iran again, and we're sticking our nose, you know, tempting, uh, boats in the, in the ocean, you know, for going into international waters. It's like, I'm not saying we're looking for it, but it's almost like we're just waiting for somebody to slip up so we can, you know, unleash some hell, um, to keep that military industrial complex rolling. And, Yeah, I mean, I know that you know, I know we've all heard about the whole Chinese spy balloon situation. And it's fascinating to me that the government would allow this balloon to fly for a week straight 
And it's just going from state to state to state without them really even knowing how to get a hold of it. And I know that that's kind of one of the topics that was discussed during the briefing as well. And I know China spoke out about this and they were saying this is just the USA once again trying to instigate a fight um, by saying that we have something to do with this spy balloon in which the U.S. had said that they didn't, you know, this spy balloon did not recover any sort of information at all. But yet it's been traveling amongst the country for an entire week. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about that, because, you know, during that week, it was a very interesting week. Um, First of all, it has come out. There were over 12 of these that happened while Trump was president and he just let him pass. Right. No one did anything about it. Um, It it wasn't until the public saw them. Because, you know, they flew really low over Montana and people were like, what is that? That anyone started to actually really, you know, promote it in the media and pay attention because it kind of caught fire. What is this? You're going to tell me that they shot a Sidewinder missile at a balloon? You're going to tell me that they scrambled fighter jets and shot these things down and then immediately sent a team to go recover everything, but there was nothing to recover. Right. But yet they recovered nothing, but yet they can confirm to us that, you know, this Chinese balloon got no data from us. So there's a lot of inconsistencies on what's been reported. And again, as I stated earlier, I do feel that there are reasons that certain things need to be kept quiet. We need, and it's not us as the public not to ask questions, but it's, I can understand from a military perspective why they're not just like, hey guys, here's what we're going to do, you know, or here's what's going on. There does need to be the element of surprise. There are a lot of things happening in some of the countries, Eric, you were talking about. And and I understand sometimes it does look like America's just, you know, poking its nose in business and looking and itching for a fight. But, you know, we also don't know a lot of the information that they're getting in the intel. Mm -hmm. Overall, though, I mean, we have people who are living in what's akin to slavery Still, all over the world, we have people who are starving. We have people who have very simple illnesses that are dying in mass of things like malaria or, you know, vitamin C, like rickets and things like that. I mean, we we still have that going on in the world. And we live in a society where some people, a select few, have a ton of wealth and the majority of people don't. And if you're kept constantly distracted because you've got to work 18 jobs in order to make ends meet and pay rent and live with 402 roommates, you know, in a two bedroom apartment type thing. And yes, I'm exaggerating, but in some cases I'm not because there are cases in other countries where there are 20 people living in one bedroom and they're all sharing something that, you know, you and I would have as a a meal. They're sharing that for an entire day. These things are still happening. And so, again, you know, there are major revolutions coming to technology. AI is one that you touched on briefly, Kyra, where that is going to put a lot of people out of work. So what do these people now do, right, if if they're put out of work? But it can also solve a lot of these small little issues that aren't being solved, 
I mean, why are we still having people working labor jobs and ruining their back by the time they're 45 when we could have a robot do it? And I get it. People need jobs. But at the same time, then why aren't we forcing education? I mean, other countries' education system in China right now, in elementary school, they are teaching their kids physics. That's deep. I mean, we're getting kids in high school in America who barely know how to read. Right. So what's what's wrong? You know, in China, TikTok is used as an educational tool. Mm-hmm. Here, it is for the most absurd social media fuckery, <laughs> if I can say that. Um, you know, but over there for their, for their children, it's an educational tool. They're learning from TikTok. It is completely different than the TikTok that we have here. You know, here it's meant to make you miss an hour of time when you could be doing something productive. You just sit there and start scrolling through a bunch of crap you know or having these kids do these awful challenges Mm -hmm. that have them do horrible things i mean we had one in our area i think it was a year or two ago where these teenagers were just walking up to random people and punching them in the face yeah well first of all that's assault you know and secondly i think a person almost died and it's like but why don't we know better than to do that I mean, you know, every, everything is everything is a, a distraction for us. It is. I, I completely agree. You know, and even even some of this disclosure stuff, I think, is designed to be a distraction from what I have no idea. You know, you turn on the news and, you know, the, the latest push over the past few years has been for police officers to wear their cameras on their their bodies. Right. Because it's supposed to protect you. It's supposed to protect them. But what does it actually do? It captures some extremely heinous violence and it makes it incredibly easy to get that video footage to the news so that you're watching it less than an hour from the time that it happened. And then you see a white officer tackle a black gentleman in a neighborhood And while he's on his face in the ground, not able to do anything, he gets shot in the back of the head by the officer. And then that video is put on on local news, world news, national nationwide news. And what does that do? Traumatizes all of us. It then creates a separation. It creates a separation between the people who are on the team of the poor bastard that just got his brains blown out execution style by a policeman in the front yard of somebody's home. And then you've got the other team of everybody that wants to back the police and say that, no, he was justified in what he was doing because he was trying to reach for his gun while he was on his face. You know, everything's designed to keep us at each other's throats. To keep us constantly at each other. 
because then we're not looking at the bigger picture. We are worried about, Ooh, should I drive down this street? You know, is this a bad neighborhood for me? You know, and also it, touches on apathy too, because when you absolutely. see these examples so many times, you're desensitized to it. Absolutely. So when I'm looking at social media nowadays, I'm seeing people that see these videos and they're like, oh, just another black man getting shot. Like you said, he should have, you know, he shouldn't have resisted in the first place. First place. This would have never happened. And, you know, then this creates the divide again between black and white and white and Asian and all different types of cultures. You know, with COVID, we had the divide where there were certain people attacking Asian people because they Mm -hmm. felt like COVID was a Asian disease and they brought it over here. And, you know, all of these all of the propaganda that has been spewed over the years. And it is all you know, all of this is a direct correlation into, like you said, you know, trying to keep us down, keep us fighting with each other. And we have yet to look beyond that. We have yet to regress in a way and elevate ourselves to look beyond that stuff and realize that it's all BS, you know. Even when the disclosure stuff started coming out, you had people fighting over, oh, this, you know, you had this community of people who have been dying for this information to come out. It starts coming out and then immediately, oh, this is just a psyop. Oh, this is all fake. And I'm like, wow, y'all are never happy. And (laughs) I I mean, I'm sorry to say it like that, but that's how I feel. There's some people who just, they're never going to be happy and they see everything is a conspiracy. And don't get me wrong. I mean, yes, there's definitely conspiracies and, you know, not all of them are theories. A lot of them have validity to them, but it's like when the conspiracy theories, I mean, we had a congressperson literally say, go hug a conspiracy theorist today because this is how and why we're having these proceedings because these people kept beating at our doors. Thank you to the Art Bells of the past. Thank you for the George Knapps. Thank you for the Linda Moulton Howes, who were reporters who went out there and for all the podcasters who have been interviewing people and getting their stories and allowing people to talk about this openly without being judged or ridiculed. Because, you know, I was raised in the time period where if you told anyone you even believed in aliens, you would get laughed out and people would buy you aluminum foil and, you know, wrap your front door in it. So we've we've progressed so much that people can talk about it. But now it's almost as if this mass desensitization and apathy is kicked in where, mm, well, And then you have people saying, "Okay, well, what if they did bring an entire UFO into Congress and just slapped it in the middle of the floor and were like, here. And an alien popped out with a cake and was like, happy birthday, y'all. And and people are saying, oh, then it's Project Blue Beam or it's a hallucination, you know, unless I go up and touch it and and, and it asks me to see my leader, I'm not believing any of it. And I'm like, again, You don't want to be happy. You're never going to be satisfied if you're living your life that way. Am I saying go blindly believe everything? Obviously not. I just, you know, we just had a huge conversation about critically thinking and thinking through things. But at the same time, if you if you lose that little bit of childish wonder and joy and celebrate even the small things of like, isn't this an exciting time to be alive? 
Okay. And yes, I get it. There's a lot of awful in the world. And you know, I'm an empath. Trust me. Like I feel it. There are days it is rough for me to even exist because emotionally it is so much and my body takes a toll and my emotions take a toll. And you know, it's all I can do just to sit and be some days with everything happening. If, if, we all just took a minute and thought about that on a grander scale. How much better off could we be? A lot better. A lot better. I think, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're you're good. Go ahead, Eric. You know, I mean, I, I think for myself, when it comes to this topic, of the who's and the why's and the where's and the what ifs and all that. Um, I tend to want to go back to 1994 in rural Zimbabwe at the aerial school, which was a private school in Zimbabwe. And there was a UFO encounter at this school. Over a hundred people saw it. The vast majority of them were children, school-aged children. They were mere feet away from some of the occupants of these craft. They were interviewed after it happened. And then again by James Fox, who has got some fantastic documentaries out about the subject of UFOs. Then again, by Mr. Fox, and I forget, uh, I think, was it called Phenomenon? I think was the name of Phenomenon, was the the Phenomenon, (laughs) um, where he went back and he interviewed those children who are now adults. And each one of the kids, yes, they were scared. Yes, they were shaken up. Yes, they were um, jumbled up as far as, you know, what they saw. and But everybody described the same thing. They described the occupants in the same way. They all described them as having large almond-shaped dark eyes, much smaller than normal human adults. They were much, much more the same size of, of the children in the schoolyard. And every one of them that received any kind of information in their head. They all say that they were given visions, you know, and they all were basically left that experience saying that they're here because we are just jacking this world up with all of the, all of the crap, all of the shit that we're doing to it, you know, the, the pollution, the, um, we're just not treating mother earth right. And mother earth is going to (laughs) revolt at some point. And, and, you know, the first thing it's going to come after is us, you know, now whether that's by a, a natural disaster, whether that's by some kind of a release of some ancient giant virus that's in the ground, whether it's in something that a virus that's still frozen within the the polar caps that are quickly going away. 
you know, I mean, I think that that is for me, that is the one that makes the most sense. We're screwing up, man. We are screwing up bad. And if they're here for any reason, it's probably because if we do something drastic to this world, whether it be a nuclear war, if we destroy ourselves, you think that just blowing up our planet is going to only affect this planet? No. I mean, all the other planets in our solar system are where they are at because the Earth is where it's at. Their their gravitational pull and their orbits are all in conjunction with because of what Earth, where Earth is at. And we are the same with we are where we're at because of all them. We're all held in place by that. And if we destroy this rock that we're on, what does that do to the rest of the, the universe? But, and I also, in my mind, kind of feel like maybe some of the reason why we're seeing some of these UFOs and these alien sightings is because they're trying to stop us from going into a nuclear warfare with them because there's so much more advanced technology now than compared to what it was years ago. And now they don't even have to come over here and invade our country in order to cause a war. They can cause a nuclear warfare if they want to. And oh, offer. Yeah, there's also. So cyber warfare that's consistently happening. Um, but it, it's interesting you were bringing up the, the Fukushima um, incident. And that was when there, there was a major earthquake near their nuclear reactor. And, and it was starting to leak out into the ocean. Um, so I just want to clear that one up. Now, yeah. back in World War II, in the 40s, when the U.S. got involved, you know, and we dropped the bomb in Japan, um, terrible you you have an entire location that's you know unhabitable for a very long time lots of people having cancer and and all sorts of stuff you know even with chernobyl when it had its uh its mass incident you know which was just from a a nuclear reactor failing you know that entire area you can only as a visitor i think you can only be in there for 10 minutes even in an entire suit um to go visit and you know now people want to go visit it but it's it's awful they i've seen drone footage where they have the drone go through and it's so eerie to see apartments with all the stuff inside and just left for and, you know and vines growing up the outside of the building and yeah. it's it's almost as if uh the planet has like started to reclaim that that area by growing over it and it's almost like the pyramids in the jungles when they found them originally right um but what's really interesting is there apparently is a whole pack of wild dogs that live in the chernobyl area and you know some of them have multiple legs some of them have two or three but um they're starting to change colors So, you know, nature adapts. They have found, you know, everyone's talking about this plastic ocean, right, that we have out in the ocean, this huge plastic dump that's just floating around. Um, They've actually discovered that there is this little, you know, couple-celled enzyme. I don't even, it's not an enzyme, but it's like a bacteria and it feeds off plastic, so, you know, nature adapts, it, it overcomes. The The issue is when we as people are fighting nature, 
because we're refusing to adapt. We're refusing because we want to say, oh, you know, because of politics. Oh, it went from global warming to climate change. So that proves right there it's not real. Well, obviously something is happening, right? Like, I I mean, we all see the weather. It's crazy. It doesn't matter what you call it. What the consensus overall is, is that why are we trying to stay stuck in 1950? Right. When we have the capability. I mean, let's look, you brought up Elon Musk and SpaceX a little bit earlier, Kyra, and that's something, you know, look at the way that NASA has been launching the rockets up into space. It's kind of been the same normal thing. Even when they launch the satellites, it's kind of always the same normal thing. They all look the same. And then all of a sudden, SpaceX, in what, four or five years, when it finally got a rocket to actually launch and and land properly without crashing, all of a sudden people are seeing it in the sky and it looks out of this world. And yet all these other rockets that have gone up don't look like that in the sky. So, you know, now I I see people posting pictures online saying, you know, I'm seeing this in the sky. What is this? They had to warn all of L.A. that they were going to launch this thing because they didn't want mass chaos. And, you know, people were posting pictures of it. Don't get me wrong. It's beautiful. But thank God they warned people. Could you imagine having no warning and seeing that thing in the sky? (laughs) with its weird, like, womp, womp, womp aura coming off of it. I mean, that would be like, okay, we're getting invaded. Right. But, you know, the the other part, sorry, I went on a tangent, but the other part is a lot of UFOs have been seen over nuclear reactors and or military bases with nuclear capabilities. And And in wartime situations. You, all and, you have to do is go back to World War II. The Foo Fighters yep. is not just a band from the 90s to now. Foo yep. Fighters were lights that were in the middle of aircraft, air-to-air combat. We saw them. The Germans saw them. The British saw them. We didn't know what the hell they were. They were these bright light orbs that were floating around and flying in between these these war war zones you know they're attracted to conflict they're attracted to things that are detrimental to our existence right so speaking of existence where do we see our existence in a couple of years from now, where it's going with all of this alien phenomenon talking, everything that's going on in the world right now, where what do we see for humanity? Disaster. No, I see Covering. beautiful things. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to be a forever optimist and hope and pray that people start waking up and that things start developing so that people aren't so distracted, so that people can actually have time to think about these things a little bit deeper. And just uplift each other and really come to the forefront. And if there are new technologies that we start getting them working, I mean, in the last week alone, I've sent Eric, a few articles knowing that we were going to have this discussion. I know I've sent a couple to you too, Kyra, but in the last week alone, I've read eight different developments 
groundbreaking technology developments that's now being implemented, whether it's military or in the private sector. These are things that are going to revolutionize our energy, power, and food delivery, Mm. which is huge. So, I mean, I think we're going in the right direction. I know not everyone's as optimistic as I am, but that's (laughs) what I need to keep in my heart. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a good outlook on it. And I will go on record as saying, I hope she's right. Oh, I love I really that. do. So there <laughs> but, is hope, y'all. <laughs> but my gut, my gut tells me that before that future that JJ sees, it's going to get a lot darker and it's going to get a lot weedier. And we're going to have to crawl through a lot of shit and broken glass before we get to that. I hope I'm wrong, but that's where my gut tells me. I don't think you're completely wrong because nothing brings people together like a crisis. Um, And that can happen on a multitude of things and levels. Hopefully it doesn't have to be as awful as some of the ones that have brought people together over the past, you know, 30 years, but You know, natural disasters are happening. Solar flares are happening. Those affect our weather. That affects our fault lines. All of this stuff, you know, Eric was talking earlier about if Earth exploded, right? How the other planets, their orbits are contingent upon where our placement is. Within our ecosystem of Earth, everything is symbiotic. One thing dies off, like the bees die off and everything else dies right so we all need each other and i know that sounds very you know hippy dippy and kumbaya but again i i feel that at our core we have to understand that and even if it's just you do a little prayer every day and you just try and smile at one extra person a day if that's what you can do that's your contribution but eric's right there are going to be some nasty things to come in order to, again, what I hope is gather people to rally together for positive change. All right. Well, on that note, I want to thank you all for joining me for another episode of Vibe Selection. As you already know, I am your host, Kyra. And so, JJ and Eric, if you can let everybody know how they can connect with you on your socials or your YouTube channels. I'm JJ Rose 777 across the board, um, YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And I definitely want to advise if you guys are looking for another wonderful podcast with some cool critical thinking and a lot of great paranormal stuff, Eric Salagi over here at the Uncomfortable Podcast. I'm just buttering you up, buddy. Here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, JJ. Thanks, Kyra. Uh, Eric Salagi, I'm the host of Uncomfortable Podcast. Uh, Best way you can find me is uh, any of your podcast providers. Just uh, in the search bar, do uh, Uncomfortable Eric, E-R-I-C-K, and it'll come up with the black and white logo with a lowercase u and an uppercase n. Um, I got about 140 episodes out now, I believe, uh, into my, well into my two and a half years, I believe. Um, Instagram, Facebook at Uncomfortable Podcast 65. 
And that's pretty much where you're going to find me. I, I don't mess with the, the Twitter world or <laughs> anything else. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. I have, uh, I've started to put some stuff out there on YouTube and um, it's been and a pleasure Eric talking has, with you. Eric has a fascinating and wonderful Patreon as well. And our discord, we got a discord server that is it's, it's popping. Got a lot of great people in there and, uh, most Friday nights, not all, but most Friday nights, you'll find me in the, uh, the voice chat, the campfire sitting around with uh, anywhere from 15 to 20 of my, my friends from discord. And we just sit around and we talk about the weird stuff and try to sort out the, the, the latest and greatest of things that are going on in the news and, uh, everything weird. So the one thing I want to say I know you're wrapping this up, but as far as critical thinking goes, going back to something that JJ was talking about with Elon Musk and SpaceX and NASA. So for your critical thinking, look back at NASA. We've been putting rockets up into space since the 1960s. It's the same thing. It's always a huge rocket and it's only good for one time and it splashes down and it burns up and, uh, you know, Elon Musk has created a rocket that is reusable, costs a tenth of the amount of money to put up into space. It comes back and it lands itself. Where'd that technology come from? Why is isn't NASA? Why isn't NASA? using that technology. When NASA is questioned about going back to the moon and they tell us that all of that technology was destroyed and they don't know how to get it back. Is Elon an alien? <laughs> if he is, good on him. If he is, good on him. <laughs> no, but that is, that is a fascinating thought to have. Why would someone like Elon Musk, who owns a car company, being able to have access? Well, he, I mean, owning a car company, you would have to have access to certain materials and stuff. But why is it that he's using that and not, you know, NASA or any other form of SpaceX or, you know, any other other committees that they have out there for space. Um, that is definitely a good thought. <laughs> I mean, the dude figured out how to put one of his cars in orbit. Right. Yeah, people forget that. <laughs> you know, and he's doing it for a tenth of the price and it's reusable. And it looks really weird when it's going out of our atmosphere. <laughs> I'm just well, saying, pictures of it for real I'm look up saying. pictures of it because it is it is a sight to see i'm gonna check it out i know for a while they were trying to figure out how they could get people to live on these other planets as well i know uh elon was a force oh, behind that happening. too oh yeah, yeah. Oh. he's still oh, at the yeah. forefront of pushing to colonize yeah. mars right because we have to really wonder why all these wealthy people are trying to get up to space. What's up there? <laughs> and all of them within like a week of each other, too. I right. was like, this doesn't bode well <laughs> when all the billionaires are trying to leave. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, as you all know that you can follow me on Instagram at Vibe Selection Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And once again, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. Stay safe, stay healthy out there. All right. Bye bye.
Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.